This episode includes sensitive information. If you're under the age of 16, please do not listen to this episode. Thank you for understanding. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hypocrisy. My name is Dazan Matawi and I'm your host. I'm joined by... Hey guys, I'm Ahmed. Hey guys, I'm Fatima. And I'm Aya. So today we're going to be talking about something that is kind of a sensitive subject for some people, and that's mental illness. I think a lot of people, especially teenagers these days, go through it and they just feel, in a way, ashamed to talk about it just because it's not natural, especially in a place that where we live. Exactly. Um, I believe our society is very suppressive towards the issue of mental illness because I'm not sure if many of you can relate to this, but like even when we were children, like any time we would, let's say, fall, they would say stuff like oh when you grow up you'll forget it so <laughs> this was the attitude towards all of those or, or when they say when they say i can't take my kid to a therapist he's not crazy like exactly um, exactly like stigma keeps people from getting there's help. no shame in therapy there's no shame in taking medication taking your like control of your own mental health you because you can't really control how you feel or if your brain can't produce the chemicals it's supposed to produce and you're not feeling the way you're supposed to feel, you know, you can't control these things. You can only control your actions and what you do and taking responsibility and going to therapy and taking medication. You know, that's something that you should be proud of instead of, you know, being ashamed of. Exactly. And some of us aren't as fortunate as the rest of the world. You know, some people just don't have it as easy as others. Some people feel bad that they're sad, but there's other people out there who feel nothing at all, and it actually hurts them so much more. And it can also hurt people they know too. But the problem is people in today's society in some certain areas do not treat mental illness as any other illness. And I don't think that's right because it should be like any other illness and people should have courage to get help and like have their lives be better than just sit around not having anyone to talk to. I mean, I would I also say, think... Oh, oh, uh, I fine. would say it's more serious than physical illness, but the thing is, like, mental illness affects the way your body functions, your physical body functions, because many people due to mental illness, oh, they won't, for example, they'll feel too depressed to even walk outside, to even be able to go for a jog or go for a run. And mental illness isn't just depression and anxiety. There's eating disorders, which actually directly affect your health. Bulimic people are a lot more likely to die before the age of 20 than people who don't suffer with an eating disorder. And there's also stuff like maniac episodes. And that's why mental illnesses are really connected to physical illnesses, because it doesn't just affect your brain, it affects your whole body just like in the case of an eating disorder. And touching on the subject where Fatima said that it's very, like, there's such a strong stigma about disregarding mental illness in, like, specific areas of the world. I think it's it's like that 
everywhere in the world because nobody gives it what it deserves. Nobody gives it the time that it deserves. There are some people, yes, that care about mental illness, but I feel like it's very, I don't know, it's, it's a very touchy subject for people. And yeah, it's I not guess. even touchy for people that have mental illnesses, but other people don't want to hear about it, you know? They don't want to admit the fact that it exists because guess, admitting it to themselves yeah. is like shaming. Yeah, the thing is, if you want to change the way society reacts to mental illness, you know, you have to change yourself first. So the way like you would react to if your friend said like that he or she is not feeling well or if they're having trouble lately or if, you know, if you notice with the eating disorders thing, if you notice that they're eating less or like that they might have symptoms of body dysmorphia or anything like that, you need to take charge and you need to help them. And, you yes. know, you can't make light of these things. You can't make fun of them. Definitely. Because these these mental illnesses, they have serious effects. They have serious consequences. I mean, so many people exactly. commit suicide because they feel alone and they feel trapped in who they are. Yes. I mean, I guess the problem why there isn't much attention given to mental illnesses or the mental health in general is due to the fact, like, you know, society was only modernized, like, what, 50 years ago? Like, mm-hmm. before that, everyone was more focused on surviving. It was more about, for example, getting out of a world war or escaping to a better place. Yeah, you know? and feelings weren't considered. Yes, okay, exactly. but with modernization came social media, came yeah. trends, came Definitely. all we... of this stuff that lead to mental disorders. I think people a long time ago didn't suffer as much as us now especially teenagers nowadays teenagers nowadays are the most people with mental disorders and it's crazy to me how someone can be 15 years old and have depression crippling anxiety and eating disorder and bipolar disorder it's just it sucks i feel like the term depression could be misleading in today's world because people tend to use it in a wrong way as in saying someone has this temporary sad feeling instead of reflecting on an actual serious clinical problem. And I feel like people tend to normalize it, but that doesn't mean others don't actually suffer from it. Exactly. I think more than normalizing it, they romanticize it. They think being depressed is, you know, it's a trend and it's cool. And and it's funny because, you know, people with depression, a lot of people with just trauma in general, tend to cope with jokes. They tend to joke with sarcasm and they think well in order for me to be funny i have to be traumatized throughout my whole entire mm-hmm. life and but that it's just not really like, healthy yeah. to use these things as coping mechanisms instead of actually letting it out yeah but it's hard you know it's not easy for everyone to feel their feelings and it's not easy for everyone to not feel bad about feeling their feelings in theory it's very easy to let everything out and just feel the feelings but at times, it's a lot easier to just, you know, joke about it or at times ignore it. It's not the healthiest, but it's the easiest yeah. for some. I mean, I guess what I was just going to say was like, you know, many people, they see like, for example, especially now with like the advent of social media, we see mm-hmm. many people saying they're depressed, right? But a good percentage of those people who say they're depressed or have anxiety issues don't really have it and actually think they have it. And it's not really their fault either because it's yeah, they're so they're surrounded by it. Sadness and depression interchangeably. 
which you shouldn't because mm-hmm. then it's making light of depression exactly you know it's it's there's a certain irony in how society treats people who have real mental illnesses in such a cruel and demeaning way but then they romanticize mental illness and you know like mm. you see it in all these it's, yeah. shows and it's, it looks so glamorous and an eating disorder sounds like this you know fancy thing but in real life people who have eating disorders are treated like monsters yeah and and those yeah. people who are like i i haven't eaten anything all day oh my god i'm gonna get an eating disorder like that's very different from people who are bulimic people who have uh, exactly people who are, like, anorexia yeah it's crazy to me like they don't understand that these people generally have foods that they fear some like yeah the thing is people with eating disorders they tend to have these like restrictions and punishments and um and purging over their yeah like purging over exercising or like they'll even like self-harm if they go over their certain calorie limit you know they'll punish themselves they'll truly feel guilty like they can't go on um yeah I mean, I was going to discuss, like, for example, uh, do you know, like, I'm not sure if all of you have TikTok, but there's a song going around on TikTok, like, My Anxiety, it goes in with that tone, right? Oh my god, I hate that trend. Yes, it pisses yes. me and off. It is, it is very disgusting, the fact, like, people who don't even experience anxiety on a regular basis are acting as, a, as though they're anxious 24-7. They think anxiety, I'm sorry, Ahmad, but they think anxiety. No, no, no. They think anxiety is when, like, you hear a song with very high beats and you start fidgeting with your fingers. Like, that's what they genuinely think anxiety is. Yeah, and that just like, goes to show how yeah. uneducated people are about mental illnesses. And it's just, it's infuriating. I mean, real anxiety, you know, when you get, when you get a trigger, you'll, your hands will literally shake. Your vision will start to blur, you know, you won't be able to breathe. You'll, heart, you'll hyperventilate, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You won't be able to calm down. You'll start crying. It, these are real symptoms. Exactly. It's not like exactly. Many it's, people even get seizures cute. because of anxiety. Exactly. I feel like many people do it for attention, but then that just makes everyone think that everyone else does it for attention, which isn't true. Some people mm. just tend to hide it, and it really... Like, no one really knows that they're hiding it. No one really knows the pain they're feeling inside. And I think that really sucks. And it sucks how they're, like, ashamed to actually open up. It's not about being ashamed. But you see, the irony is in the fact, like, the need of attention gets so bad that one has to fake having a anxiety disorder. And it's not something to joke about. People actually suffer from this. Exactly. And it's not something to tell people about romanticizing mental illness. When you participate in that kind of thing and you fake it, you're taking away the validity of other people's mental illnesses. Mm -hmm. And now when they try to speak up about it, no one's going to believe them. Exactly. Not only have you harmed yourself, but you've made someone else to be a liar. Exactly. Um, And why? For what? For who? Like, I don't get that. I really don't. I'm not sure if you guys have seen these videos. But basically, it's people who cut themselves just for the sake of a video. And, no. Yeah, like, I've seen that. That was a I've trend. Seen it. Honestly, I don't mean to be rude, but I have a very strong belief that when someone comes on camera 
and just kind of not just talks about their anxiety but does something like what you just said like cut themselves on camera or film themselves having panic attacks i think that's absolute bullshit because if you've ever been through that if you've ever had a panic attack you know that you, you don't want to have seen. time you, 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 you like your hands shake so much to the point where you don't know how to hold your phone or just call anyone and it it just can we cut that out? I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Look, um, with the thing you were talking about, I don't want people who listen to this podcast to think that, like, you're talking about people who are documenting a... their mental illness for their therapist or, like, they they need evidence of their mental illness and that kind of thing. That's not what, she, what does not. that mean. She's Absolutely talking not, about though. people who are profiting off of their mental illness, who are profiting off of their addictions, who romanticize this kind of thing, and instead of getting help, they're trying to get money from people on the internet. It's completely disgusting, and I know exactly what you're talking about. There are so many creators on the internet right now that do this kind of thing. I mean, there's this YouTuber, like, she released merch, like, a year ago, and it literally, it's a t-shirt that says, my anxiety has anxieties. And, like, it's so disrespectful and To people who actually suffer from it. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, she treated this, like, thing as a joke. Like, oh, like, it's a cute And it can be a really, really serious it. trigger to people who are starting to, like, heal or get better. It can really trigger them and just put them back to square one. I mean, I guess, as, like, Fazan said, most of these, most of, like, the publicized, when someone mm-hmm. films themselves doing something that is unusual in the terms of mental health, is, is usually self-induced. And, but I believe, yeah, but I believe that also stems from another issue. Like, Which is? I'm not sure if it has a medical name, but I'm sure lack mm-hmm. of attention does play a great role in the way yeah, you need someone to do these things. And just yeah, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've, you guys have read in the psychology book, like, for example, Sigmund Freud, yeah. most, of, most of his works, he just talks about how a child um, lacks a specific type of attention and leads to a specific action in his future. So, yeah. I feel like adults such as parents and teachers could be a catalyst to people who attempt suicide, or it's not just suicide, but to people who cannot heal because imagine going to a parent or just an elder and telling them that you want to talk to someone who's professional or you want to open up to someone who knows how to help you heal and they go like no you're not crazy only crazy people do that or something like that you know along the lines of that and like I said, like like I said the stigma surrounding men- like mental illness keeps people from getting the help they need to get better and it just causes them to hide their pain and suffer even more. At the same time, like when you're going through something, do you want to talk about it? I mean, see, that differs yeah. from person to person. It's very yeah, easy. It's very easy. Person person, of course. You're right. But, but um, sometimes... If you were given the chance, of course you would. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel more comfortable talking to a stranger for example, a therapist, not like a stranger from nowhere, but I mean like someone you're not really close with because you yeah. might feel like judged or, you know, like... Exactly. You feel that exactly. comfortable or you'd feel like they'd look at you differently. 
now that you yeah. opened up, you know? Yeah, I guess like many yeah. people don't want to be looked at with eyes of pity. And some people usually just make you feel stupid for feeling the way that you do. Yeah, usually what's holding you back is like judgment and you need like anonymity. So you need, mm-hmm. yeah, like exactly, you need a therapist that you don't know. But then besides that, like once you get to that person, you actually like feel liberated because prior to that, you'd feel very suffocated. Like you need to talk to yeah. someone. It's and not good say, to keep I'm your not, feelings bottled up. I'm not a therapist by any means, but as someone who's been through a lot, I can say that to anyone who's suffering with mental illness, the best thing you can do besides therapy and medication is getting to know your mental disorder really well, getting to know what takes you, what triggers you. Um, and talk like about it. Things, Yeah, like things mm-hmm. within like your unconscious that are bothering you. Um how it all started perhaps like it started from trauma or you know something like that and then um because then that can really help you towards healing because like if you know your triggers you can maybe avoid them or if you know how like like a traumatizing experience then you can like try and face it and then maybe like the fear will diminish and you will find that like your symptoms are decreasing so yeah and you can't keep hiding your pain because at one point or another you are going to break you're gonna have a mental breakdown you're gonna cry a lot you're gonna feel really really not well and it's just not good just open up don't keep things bottled in and we talked about it in psychology class it might sound lame but our teacher compared our brain to a trash can i know this sounds lame but he said that when you keep throwing things in a trash can one point or another it's gonna overflow and it's like you can't put things in it anymore and that's that's how our brains work you know there's this unconscious mind and like we can't keep filling it with feelings that we just suppress we're supposed to talk about it because at one point or another you're gonna break down i mean you know many people like for example during panic attacks or anxiety attacks uh there's usually a trigger that happens to be a teacher or a or a parent usually um Mm -hmm. and maybe the parent or the teacher didn't really intend for you to have a panic attack or for you to have an anxiety attack but it happens Mm -hmm. and it's actually really heartbreaking attitude towards it is what triggers it yeah because many times it's like it's built it gets it's built up basically and then that's the point where it just gets released you know and instead of helping they go like, it's okay, you'll get over it, it's okay, it's nothing. Like, it's not yeah. nothing. And oh, oh, this one is actually a really annoying thing. Like, for example, when you tell some tell someone something is wrong, like, you tell them something is not going well in your life, and they just say, same. I hate that. I hate, I that. hate that. Or the, they're like the type of people when you go and be like, oh, I've only slept for three hours. They're the type of person who goes like, I only slept for two like, it's not a competition. Let me be tired. Let me be sad exactly. and stop trying to make everything about you. Exactly. People think there's a difference between telling someone that you relate to what's going on with them and taking over the whole conversation and making it about you. Exactly. Because sometimes people don't want your input. They don't want your opinion. They just, they want, just want you to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, many times that's what it is. Um, For example, have you guys heard of this method whereby you just like, when when like many people who aren't really comfortable with talking to a person a therapist or a friend 
they mm. usually write it down. They write down what yeah. they feel and they burn it, or they just keep it in a diary. For me, it doesn't work because my brain just works really, really fast, and my handwriting ends up being uncomprehensible, and it just it makes my hand hurt and cramp up, and so yeah, yeah. I don't know why that information was important. <laughs> no, 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 no. Any input? Any input? Going back to the thing Ahmed said about like how a person can be a trigger, it doesn't always mm-hmm. have to be a person. Um, like from my own experience, I know like thoughts can be a trigger, and you know like thoughts are kind of like nuclear reactions in a way. Like it's sort of a chain. You know, like once you start a yeah, thought, you know, you have to it and then it mm-hmm. follows it. And then, yeah. And then so, you start thinking, and then you start thinking, why am I thinking like this? And it just gets worse. Yeah. And then, like, may, like a thought can sometimes, like, trigger panic attack. Literally. Like, exactly. I think many people get anxious about being anxious. So Yeah, and I will say... Mm-hmm. Um, in my situation, I found that usually what would work sometimes, not all the time, was, you know, you need to, like, go through the scenarios. So if you're anxious, usually, you know, you're thinking about what's the worst that could possibly happen. And you need to think about the worst possible thing that could happen. And then you need to rationalize it. So um, let's talk, like, let, let me give you guys an example. Like, for example, failing an exam. Um like the worst case scenario would be like failing the entire year because of that exam for example you need to think about that possibility and you need to rationalize it you need to imagine as if like you've just failed your year and then you you need to calm down and once you've calmed down from that everything else becomes a lot simpler and it won't scare you anymore sometimes like that would calm me down and i feel like touching up on this subject is why people, a lot of people just, they never have expectations for themselves because they think if I don't have any expectations, then I'll never be disappointed. And that's very, very wrong. You're going to be disappointed a lot, a lot of times in your life. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with the fact that your life isn't going to be perfect. You need to have times where you feel like, you know, your world is falling apart. And Sometimes you'll feel like, you know, life is beautiful and it's meant to be lived this way. Someone once told me life is like a roller coaster. One day you're on top of the world and at the next you're at the very bottom. And that's okay. And I think having those times in your life is really, really important because it's not the happiest times that make you who you are, but your saddest times. Because at that time you self-analyze and you reflect and you grow to be the person that you are. I agree with that because, in my opinion, you cannot value the good times without bad times. You don't know what happiness is if you haven't been through sadness. Exactly. You will never know what light is if you've never been through darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not That's about not a really like cliche, but hearing rock but bottom. But it's true. It's yeah. about trusting yourself that, like, trusting that even though you are at rock bottom right now that you can go up from here and that things are going to get better you know most people don't really feel like they're they're not afraid of failure per se they're just afraid that like not being able to go back and succeed again 
And you can think of it this way. If you are at rock bottom, then you can only go up from there. Yes. I love these cringy and cliche quotes we're throwing around here. So <laughs> They are cl- yeah, like cliche, like- but they're true. Yes, they're true, exactly. Honestly, <laughs> if, if you have nothing in your life and you feel like you're the shittiest person ever, then it honestly just can't get worse. Like when you're sad and when you feel like your life has gone to shit, Think of it this way. It can't get worse than this. It can't. And that should make you excited for the next day, honestly. Okay, um, on another note, though, please take your medication. Please, please, please. I cannot emphasize this enough. If you need medication, if you need antidepressants, if you need antipsychotics, please go to therapy. Please get them. Sometimes you don't just need to talk. Sometimes your brain physically cannot produce the chemicals that it's supposed to produce. And you need your medication. You have to take your pills in order but to But you that. see, you see, I feel like when people say that, like young people who romanticize mental illness will start being like, oh, do I have it? Do mm-hmm. I do this? Do I need medication? Do yeah, I, like, so you know what I mean? Definitely yeah. go to a therapist first, a well, proper doctor, and then get this medication. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't have the privilege of going to a therapist, then just open up to a close friend or someone you know. And it's it's okay to feel unstable and to need help. It's not anything that's bad. Everyone has bad times in their life. It's normal. But it takes so much strength to pull your own self out of a dark place. And it's not anything bad to ask someone for help. And you I know have to we, do it alone. And I know that we keep on saying that, like, go talk to a friend or a loved one or a stranger that you've never met. But I also want to tell you that it's okay to be that person for yourself, as long as you're rational. It's okay to tell yourself. It's okay to talk your, to yourself in the mirror. It's actually completely normal. Mm-hmm. It's okay to evaluate what you're feeling by yourself. Some people don't have the luxury of having someone to talk to, and that's okay. As long as you're doing something and you're taking responsibility because exactly you know, as I said in the beginning, you can't control how you feel, but you can definitely control like what you choose to do and you are responsible for it, even though it's not your fault. So um yeah, please get help. Even if it's you just helping yourself or a friend helping you, as long as you're, you know, taking the steps to get better. Yeah, receiving help is the most important thing anyone can do for themselves. And as long as you try every single day, even if you don't get better, like, instantly, I think the fact that you're trying is worth a lot more. True. Oh, and, like, when we're telling you, um, talk to a therapist or talk to a close friend or family member, but if you still feel like that is uncomfortable and that is out of your comfort zone, I don't want to get too religious or anything but there's always a higher power you can talk to you know you can just raise your hand or do anything of that sort and just speak your mind you know that that helps a lot of people it's like something scientific i believe i read in a paper once like many people who believe in a higher power like have put their trust in a higher power that everything has already been planned and everything um that everything will be good in the end, or these things are just part of life, they're just tests from God or whatever. I think that helps the yeah, person a lot. Because it personally helped me. If you're a higher power or a deity, um, it helps you. Like It gives you comfort and 
you know definitely like me as a person i don't want to get very personal but when i when i was first going through a lot of things that i was uncomfortable like when i was first going through a lot of feelings i would say um what i found that really helped me was a connection with a higher power so yeah And don't make pe- people make you feel stupid for believing in a higher power. As long as something gives you comfort and is there for you when no one else is, then doesn't it doesn't matter. matter. Exactly. And I think that a lot of, and I air quote, mental illnesses come from the fact that we're afraid that people are going to judge us or treat us differently if they know the real us. We feel like you can't be yourself around a certain group of people because they won't accept you for who you are. And that just causes you to just repress your personality and become someone that you're not, which makes you feel like you're suffocating. Yeah, but that just shows you that these people aren't right for you. Because your friends friends should know when you're not feeling well. They should be there to help you. They shouldn't make you feel judged like you can't tell them anything. And if they do, then they're not your friends. Yes, but also don't expect so much because other Of course, because they might be going, going through. through. Yeah, exactly. So, but definitely if you go to your friend and you talk to them and they just completely ignore it, then that should, that should knock something in your head or whatever. I'd, I'd say a lot of mental illnesses stem from like insecurities and, you know, people's hatred for themselves. Yeah, so like a lot, yeah, especially like eating disorders or um, depression, it can be like triggered by, you know, the fact that you hate yourself and you hate the way you act or the way you look or, you know, the way you live. Yeah. But I think accepting where you are, where you are on life. And the thing is that if you don't like where you are and if you don't like the situation you're in, then you should change it. And if you can't change it, then you leave it. And I've said this before. Like, why do you spend your time hating on yourself or a situation or a person in your life? Like, if you hate them, then just let it go. Yeah, exactly. Um, Like, if you have a list of things that go through your head when you're, like, having a mental breakdown or something like that, like a list of things that are making you sad and stuff if you start to change things within your life that list is slowly going to get smaller and smaller and like you're going to have those mental breakdowns less often and you know they'll last a lot less and then like you'll automatically get better again i'm not get better if you don't take action yeah and you did it by yourself take comfort in the fact that you took charge of your own life And in a way, you fixed what was wrong with you. And I mean that metaphorically, because if you have a mental illness, there's nothing wrong with you, I promise. Yeah, it's like fixing, taking charge of things. You know, it not only like, is it just like fixing yourself and, you know, helping yourself, but it's also giving you a sense of security that you probably like maybe never had before. Yeah, just feeling that you can do it. You know, because especially when you're, like, going through a very, like, rough phase in your life, the fact that you manage to pull yourself out of it is amazing. Like, 
things that like drain us, they suck, but they show us just how much we have to offer. Because if something takes everything that you have, then you know exactly what you have, if that makes sense. Yes. And I don't want to get too religious either, but there's this one quote I read once, and it was like, God will not make you go through anything you can't get through. And I think that's true. Like, Like for those of you who actually believe in a higher power, then God will not really put you through anything you can't get through. So you're supposed to believe in yourself, believe you can do it, accept yourself for who you are, no matter how flawed you are, because we all have flaws. No one's perfect. We all have our flaws. We all have bad times. We all have emotions. And it's completely normal to feel bad at times. But just believe in yourself and accept yourself for who you really are. Those people who you think are perfect probably have the same struggles that you do. But they think someone else perfect is perfect. Hiding it. Mm-hmm. Many people are exactly. very good at hiding it. I, that's the thing. I used to say this, and I don't know why, but... I think everyone goes through the same things in life, but some people are just much better at hiding it, and that's what really sets people apart. True. Which is why you can't really treat people very differently because you don't know what they're going through. And this one classmate of mine in one of her classes, he said that he thinks that um, physical pain isn't as bad as mental pain because physical pain can be seen and can be treated and when people see you in pain they won't really like they know you've got too much on your plate but when it's mental and you keep it inside you hide it no one really knows about it no one knows what you're going through and no one really cares you know and it just really affects a person yeah and like going back to the whole like responsibility thing and taking charge um this is going to sound really controversial but people are not really responsible for how you act like they are not yeah like if your mental illness is causing you to act up it's making you have temper tantrums and it's making like you irritable and rude that's these are symptoms and they're definitely valid and we're not saying they're your fault but people are not responsible for it you are you need to take charge and help yourself and and get therapy and, and let it out in a way even if you can't go to a therapist you need to be able to talk to someone or do something about it because if you're you, you're not like people are not responsible for you they're not you, you know no one's it's in not charge just about being responsible for you they're not like it's not their fault that this is happening to you and it's not fair exactly. for you to let to let out your anger or your issues on them because, yeah, because this way we're I'm just not reflecting. Like, if you find yourself without friends after you've done this, that's on you because you didn't get help. You chose to let no, it out on your friends. But friends, you know? friends are different. Friends are different. Friends are supposed to understand what you're going through. But if you're one of those people who refuses to, like, talk about their feelings, even to their closest friends, and just continuously goes and pushes them away and just treats them very badly, then... Yeah, because well, then you're hurting your friends. No yeah, one that's why in the beginning I said that it can it doesn't just affect you, but it affects others as well, especially those closest to you, because you tend to indirectly hurt them or unintentionally. You don't you don't realize that you're hurting them, but you are, and they have feelings too. Exactly, I feel like when someone go is going through something, 
everything in their life just becomes so much more magnified and amplified that they don't realize that every single person around them is going through the same things and at times even worse. Exactly. And they tend to think that they're the only people who have problems or because this one person doesn't talk about their problems or because they're confident per se or intelligent that there's nothing wrong with them. But it's actually those who seem like they're fine that actually have the most problems. Yeah, you can sound confident and have anxiety. You can look healthy but feel like shit. You can seem happy but feel miserable. You can look beautiful but have anorexia and exactly. people don't understand that. Like even like you like you guys said, some people just hide it better than others. But it doesn't mean we're not all going through something. And like even anorexia, it's clinically defined. Like you only have anorexia when you're severely underweight. But and so those who are at a normal weight but still convince themselves that they're not hungry and that they need to skip meals and that they need to stop eating so they can be beautiful. They don't have anorexia. Why? Because they're not severely underweight. And I don't understand that. <laughs> okay, so um, for anyone who like wants a religious way for them to be helped with these problems, you can always you know, listen to the stories of the prophets of old and what they went through. You can always read quotes or verses. I mean, here's one, God does not burden a soul beyond that it can bear. Um, and he is with you wherever you are. So, yeah, I guess, or for example, says, I am near. I listen to you. These are all beautiful ways and, to deal with it. And touching up on this, like, even if you don't believe in God or something like that, just finding something that helps you, whether it's a good book or movies, or music, just anything that helps you, that's okay. The thing is, it doesn't even have to be a, perf- a, per- uh, like a specific God figure, because, you know, I'm not sure if many of you have read this, um, Alcoholics Anonymous. Basically, it's like people who go through an addiction yeah. to alcohol, and <laughs> there's like a 12-step program, or was it eight steps? I can't really remember. But like the third one? Yeah, but like the third step or the fourth is to basically put your trust in a higher power because because thinking that all of everything that you're like all of your feelings you are responsible for it everything you are responsible for it that that might just be too much for a person to handle. So it is scientifically recommended to just put your trust in a higher power. I think, first of all, you need to realize what's going on with you and admit it to yourself because at times we don't want to realize that there's actually something wrong with us and that we actually need to, you know, help ourselves. And then after that, you can look for help if you want. And if not, then you can have to, you can start working on yourself. Yeah. And like Hazan said, it doesn't have to be believing in God. You can just hold on to something. Whether it's a book, a quote, a movie, whether it's praying to God, it's okay. It doesn't... Let me say this. Let me say this. Do not hold on to a person, okay? Especially when you're in such, like, a deep hole in your life. Because I feel like when people do that, they start to base their happiness. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They start to base all of their happiness on someone else. They build their whole entire life 
around those who helped them out of, you know, a depressive episode. And then at the end of the day, they're going to feel in debt to those who helped them, even though maybe it wasn't them who helped them, just the presence of someone else. And so don't ever make yourself... The moment that person starts to grow distant or, you know, like not be there for them, they'll get triggered and they'll go back to like... And something would like feel worse. Do not ever tell yourself that you need anybody to live. Look at all those people that you thought you couldn't live without. Look at you living and shit. Okay, and I will say though, um, like what you said earlier, the thing is with people with mental disorders, things get really magnified and um like their perception tends to be distorted so you'll you'll think the behaviors that you have right now are normal even though they're like they might be really toxic and unhealthy or like you'll make a really big deal out of something that's really little and that's why people might not take you seriously and like they they won't help you or they'll make fun of you because you know they think well, why is she making a big deal out of this really little thing? But in your head, it's not a little thing. It's it's actually a big deal. And the thing, it's a trigger. Like, that little thing will set off a million other things in your head. And that's why it seems so big to you. Okay, so, like, I would say, like, a year ago. um, And I think I is aware of this, actually. Like, many of my grades were just absolutely, like, falling. I was like... It was like a train wreck, you know? It wasn't like one is rising, the other one is falling. No, it was like all of it was falling altogether. And I think many people go through that. And I think it's just important that at times it's okay. Sometimes you'll do bad. It it doesn't matter. You you can always make up for it in the future. And even if you can't, it happened for a reason. And that is the way I deal with it. You know? And never base your self-worth on grades. Exactly. Grades are numbers out of a hundred on a standardized test that in no way, shape, or form can truly measure your intelligence. Yes, but also yeah, don't but feel stupid. That, but but also true, don't feel stupid if you're academically intelligent just because we said that. Don't. Yeah, like what? it's not. People say that all the time, and it's definitely true. But at the time, you don't really believe it. I'm gonna share my personal experience. I know in tenth grade when I got. When I didn't get a hundred on an exam, like I would just feel so terrible. I got a ninety-seven on a physics exam once, which you know is amazing. But like I went to the bathroom and I started tearing up because like I just felt so terrible. And that's what I mean by things get like feel really magnified and amplified if you're not feeling okay. That's when I knew like there's something wrong with me and I I needed help. Because no, like, no one under any normal circumstances would think that that is a bad grade. But I was just so anxious and insecure, and I had put my entire self-worth on these stupid grades that anything, anytime I got a grade that, that was slightly imperfect, I would just get really triggered and, and hurt. Yeah, and it seemed like it's the end of the world for you, but it's actually not. And you have to realize that. Everything when you're young seems like it's the end of the world. I didn't hear anything. I was just saying that everything when you're young seems like it's the end of the world. Yeah, that's actually true. For me, like, regarding to grades, it was always about the fact that, I don't want to sound ostentatious, but 
I, I've never been someone that needed to study for a very long time in order to get a good grade. I grasp information quickly and I remember it. And when I would get good grades, people would tell me, oh, you study too much. Oh, you do this. Oh, you've been studying for a month and for a week. And now I obviously don't care. But when I was younger, it used to really affect me. It used to make me feel like, you know, like I was just, I just stood out, you know, and it, it really sucked. It sucked to a point where sometimes I wouldn't study just so I can like, you know, not get a good grade. Yeah. And no one's going to believe you. You know what I mean? No one cares. They're just so insecure about their own selves that they reflect their insecurity on you. They make you feel like you're less just because they can't be who you are. Yeah, they try to take away from your achievements by, you know, saying that like, oh, you put a lot of work into this. And if I had put in a lot of work in it, then I would be good as well. But you didn't. so and that's yeah, your like fault. you didn't work and that's on you mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean anything okay are people, like are people who go like you're just book smart like why are you so hurt by the fact that someone gets good grades you know they say studies aren't everything but let me tell you something education is very 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 important Education shapes who you are and who you're going to become. It it allows you to leave a print on the world that you are in right now. It's the only thing that no one can never take away from you. Exactly. If you actually think about it, you can lose your money, you can lose your home, you can lose your car, but your education is just going to stay with you no matter where you go, no matter where you are, no matter what happens. And so yes. what if you're educated? You can be educated without having great grades. Exactly. Of course, of course you can, but you also can't take away from people who work exactly. hard and get exactly. good grades so just because you be don't. Mm-hmm. I think if everyone just stopped looking at what other people did exactly. and just cared and about their own selves, yeah, and that would be great. Comparison culture is really toxic. Exactly. So. Some people just make you feel like your whole entire life is a competition, and if. You have people like that in your life. I'm telling you right now, drop them. No second thoughts. I don't care who they are. Drop them because you don't need them in your life. You don't compete where you don't compare. If you and someone else don't have the same goals, same dreams, same determination, and the same drive, then you have no reason to compare yourself to them. You are not going yeah, to the same place. you can only compete with yourself because you only know exactly. yourself. Exactly. You only have the same goals as yourself. That's the only person you should try to be better than. Yourself, every time. And that's it. And why do you want to be better than someone? Like, why aren't people satisfied with just being good? You know? Why do people feel the need? Well, I guess it adds validation to them. It feeds, like, they might have an insecurity. I know, but if you are good, yeah. But if like Like this is so cliche. But if you're the best version of yourself, you are a thousand times better than you know a second copy of some other person. (laughs) Well, yeah, but like sometimes people think to themselves, "Oh, well, I'm not really good at this thing and this other thing. Well, I'm gonna have to make it up." you know in this category and i'm gonna have to be the best at this so that 
Yeah, but other like people are also not good in really one unhealthy. thing or another. You know, yeah, like, I'm not no, saying it's, like I, it's healthy, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Really but like I said, we're all different in our own way, and comparing ourselves to others won't get us to who to be who we're really meant to be. And when you compare yourself to someone and you want to be them, you should also realize the fact that they're not good in everything either. And they might think, oh, I want to be like someone else. No one's perfect. We all have insecurities. We all, like, we're all bad in some certain aspects. We're all, we don't all perfect everything we do. Period, Queen, you tell them. As cliche as it sounds, it's okay not to be okay, but you should know that your mental illness is not a personal failure, and it takes so much strength to pull your own self out of somewhere that's dark. So you don't have to do it alone. We all have feelings, and it's really easy to feel like you're the only one who feels a certain way, like you're alone, but you're not. We're all so much less alone than we think, and it might not be hard for others to relate to what you're going through. So feel free to let your thoughts out and tell someone close to you or just anyone you feel comfortable with everything that's on your mind because bottling it up won't help and you will break down at a certain point. In conclusion, you're going to be okay. Thank you all so much for joining us. Have a Thank great you. day. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye, guys. Hey there. If you're still here, make sure you like our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Your support will be immensely appreciated.